What's Hi. up? Why did you talk at the same time I talked? <laughs> Who is that? Where? What voice is that? Doth I hear a third voice? Uh, is the Trinity complete? <laughs> Whose voice is that? <laughs> Who is it? What's up, baby angels? <laughs> baby angels. <laughs> What's up, sugar? Doth that the voice? Of Kathy, that's yeah. Mike Tyson. Yes, Mike, it is yeah. the yeah. voice of Kathy. What's up, guys? I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Good to see you, Broham. He's, he's smiling so big. He's super he glad is. To he's be cheesing. Here. He's yeah. excited to cast pods. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cheese, Christopher uh, wants to start with a joke. Uh, no, he, it's not a joke. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. He's going to pick a little bit of cheese on this taco for sure, mm, bro. I'm about right. that taco life. Yeah, Macaroni. Have you guys ever taken a bath? Yes. Do, you, do you take baths? Jason, I feel like you're a man that enjoys a, a good bath. I'll, I'll take a bath if I'm sick, yeah. Okay. Some Epsom salt. Bro, some, uh, so my back's been hurt. I've just been, been feeling tense and stuff, so mm, I mm. hopped into an Epsom bath for 20 minutes. Right. Got some whole tones playing, and bro, I just... Deftones or whole tones? <laughs> whole tones. Whole, it, right. was, it was the most relaxing thing I've ever done. Was it? I felt like I, yeah... It was great. So, I feel like there's been so much worry going on, and I just needed a nice, nice Epsom <laughs> bath. So you were listening to whole tones, and you put Epsom salt in your bath. If you were listening to deaf tones, what would you put in your bath? Mm. A microwave. <laughs> hate, and dis- <laughs> hate and discontent. <laughs> wow. Hey, first of all, don't, don't hate on the deaf tones. All right. Hey, yeah. deaf, con- deaf tones go hard, bro. Well, you were going to say deaf coins like a, like a Mexican. That's so funny. so, anyways, it was really good. Casey, do you ever take is a that nice what you, bath? Do is I that take your baths? start? A bath? A I mi- just, it's something I did today. I took a <laughs> bath. It was nice. I, you know, um, I'm kind of about the fan of the place where you don't take baths like every single day. I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm like not about that. Other like. day. How many times do you bathe a week, whether shower or bath? Depends. I used to shower every single day. Now it's probably every other day. Depends on how dirty I am. I guess. It does depend on how dirty I am. <coughs> it depends. That's the answer. It depends. It, it depends. Depends on what I did and where I went. It's very rarely ever more than three. Three times a, day? a week? Mm-hmm. No, you? a week. Oh, uh, a week. Really? Yep. Actually, in the winter, I'll shower multiple times a day because the cold will stick to my bones, and so I'll go jump in a right, hot shower. I just want to wash that to frost thaw. off, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll thaw it up. Just got to yeah. <laughs> get all the members so, working. So we're in an interesting time. You want to definitely take a moment and kind of chronicle what's happening um, in March of 2020. Today's St. Patty's Day, March 17th, 2020. Yeah, and super strange. I no, wear no a, green. We're in an interesting... First of all, so it's like National Get Trash Day. Just that's wanna, pretty much what it is. Yeah, I just right. want to just want to like really like... It's, you know, pour it's, one the, for the homies. it's the Catholic saint. I'll tell you what, right? like, why don't you Patrick, quit, why don't you quit pouring one out for your homies and like pour yourself out for your homies? How about that? Mm. Dang. Amen, Pastor Casey. Yeah. I'm not a pastor. Greater love has no, but I'm not a pastor. Pours himself out like a 40 for his homies. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord hath poured himself that's out. That's that, that's that Tim Shul translation. Bro, why are you always knocking the Tim Shul? I'm not knocking I'm going to share a video with you. <clears throat> I'm anyways. sad I even brought it up. Yeah, you should be Gosh, sad it. about it. So, seriously though, interesting time in our in our world. Yeah, it's really strange, man. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, it's kind of weird, man. Like, you can't even... And I don't know how I feel about it. You know, my, my, my dad and I talk about this a lot, and so I don't know where you know, it's been... Is it really that bad or like, are we really, it's just, just another case of the media, like, you know, telling us to be afraid of one thing, you know, that's really not a thing, 
you know, and I don't know because like you, you, you go everywhere now and we're in Wichita, Kansas. We're, we're not in the epicenter whatsoever. Right. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And so it's like, you know, you go and the restaurants are shut down and all these places are shut down. It's like, man, is it like really that big of a problem? Like, what, what is it? You know? I don't yeah. Know. I, it's one of those things where I think it's easy to like, to question and and wonder. I mean, there's conspiracy theories and all kinds of stuff going on. Until around, you're that person that has somebody die. No, you know t- I mean? Yeah. Like, until you're right. that person and somebody like actually gets it and affects somebody that you know and love, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I really think that, you know, we, our families just tried to posture ourselves in the position of like, let's just do what is recommended. Let's wash our hands. Let's cough into our sleeves Let's, let's, yeah, we got sanitize. the Purell. Let's sanitize. Don't wash your hands. Um, let's go on an endless treasure hunt for toilet paper and see if Pretty we can much. find any. Uh, hey, man, l- listen, I live in Mulvane, Kansas, all right? And, like, we got a tiny-ass little store. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's super tiny. No, no stacks whatsoever. Oh, gosh. Like, my mom was like, you know. Tiny-ass store didn't need a lot of toilet paper. Well, they should <laughs> Well, they shouldn't, you think, but like it's like it's there, it's all gone, like everywhere, bro. Like it's it's yeah. kind of it's kind of unreal. Yeah, I I don't think we really want to like give all our commentary and our thoughts on it, but right? Just kind of want to bring it up, just because yeah. it's it's an interesting time. Schools are closing, restaurants are closing. Yeah, here in Kansas today, yeah. I mean, they just officially canceled school for the rest of the right. year. Uh, yeah, so the rest of the school year. Here, yeah, mm-hmm. the rest of the that. school year. Yeah, which is only like two and a half, two months, two and yeah, two months, two still, weeks. The fact still, that they're yeah. shutting it all down, bro, right. it's pretty wild. So, so here's here's the main thing that I wanted to say about this is um, I think it's really easy for us to begin to live in fear and to begin to um, have people in our lives that are making decisions out of fear. Jason, you made a comment to me the other day when we were kind of briefly talking about this about, you know, what does this say about our country that we can be so easily riled up and, you know, flustered about, you know, something that is serious. It is a big deal, but something as serious as, you know, as trivial as toilet paper to where, you know, people start fighting and running and sprinting and being rude and ugly and nasty. It, you know, we're going to be talking about the human nature today, right. but that that's kind of what that is. And so the main thing that I just want people to know is that you can take something seriously and not live in fear. Right. And, and, and we certainly don't want to be like insensitive to anybody that's lost anybody to coronavirus, but at the same time, like, okay, what, like, what are we really looking at? Because, you know, we can point back to times in history where, you know, like, swine flu or whatever it was, man. Like it's, it's that next big, that's that next big thing, you know, that was like, Oh, well, you better like a Y2K. Yeah. I think obviously There's time, a virus, but it, time will yeah. tell, like, <laughs> you know, we're on the front end of this thing, honestly. So time will tell. We will podcast in two weeks. Maybe if we're not all in hazmat suits sitting in our basement, well, we still podcast. We'll just do it online. We just won't make out beforehand. Yeah. Uh, well, or after. That's part of our ritual. You guys though, don't know right, so about our after party. It'll be its effect. <laughs> I don't know about your after party. Who are you making out with? Our wives, uh, bro. Yeah, that's right. What do you think I was talking about? I don't know. You made direct eye contact with me when <laughs> Must you said be that. Nice. Yeah. Christopher was <laughs> oh, like... See. Oh, man. Oh. I'm kidding. So, I'm kidding. So, 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 so. All right. Yeah. No, it's all good, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, it was oh, a joke. Goodness. That was a joke. It was a good joke. That was a joke. Was, I mean, at I least like you can joke about it. I can yeah, Never. gosh darn. So, anyways, do don't live service. in fear, y'all. Don't, don't, don't get that. That's not from the Lord. We've been talking about yokes and what you're yoking yourself up to. Don't, don't live in yeah, fear. Yeah, nothing but peace, man. Yeah, let them yokes be over easy, bro. For real, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Let it, let them runneth over. <laughs> That's right. The yoke runneth over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
from the egg. On, I like when the yolk runs off, like onto the bacon, onto the sausage. Straight onto the toast, bro. Like I'm a toast guy. The yolk on the toast. Yeah, yeah. You like a yolky toast? I do. I do. Interesting. Only for sourdough. Yolky sourdough toast. Yeah. That sounds miserable. Whatever. Anyways, Casey, Anyways, Casey, why are you here today? Yeah, you had a, you really had something you wanted to talk about. You and you and Jason had a conversation no, that you thought um, would have been good for the podcast. Man, I'll tell you. Um, so, just coming from where I've been coming from lately, you know, I've just really been seeking the Lord and um, just really just diving yeah, in, really just, just really, really getting after the Lord, just, just getting, getting out focus, there, man. Get my but, focus on, bro. Right, and so <clears throat> the lessons that I. Um, bring to you guys are only the lessons that I've learned from my personal life and where I've been at lately. And so when I, I, I called Jason the other day, you know, every time like I'm driving to Tulsa. So, you know, I work in Tulsa all the time. And, you know, Jason's one of those guys that's on my speed dial for Tulsa because, you know, him and uh, past uh, Derek Shore and then Jeff right. Jewett. And, um, you know, because oftentimes, you know, it's a two and a half hour drive. I just kind of turn the music off and just really drive and like listen to what he has to say to me. And like I called Jason the other day and I said, man, I, you know, this isn't, this isn't par from the norm. You know what I mean? It's like when Jason, Jason knows when I'm calling him at seven 30 in the morning, bro. Like I'm right. It's about I'm, to get I know serious. Yeah. About. yeah. And we have, and you know, well, bro, that's how we started the podcast though. Those early morning talks, true. they're yeah. still going on even if the record button's not. Yeah, man, honestly. Rolling. And so, and it's been really good and you know, I love, you know, first of all, uh, being able to have somebody in your corner, um, no matter what you're going through is a, is a very, it's a huge thing, you know, and, um, just being able to have people like, I'm the Mick to your Rocky. Right. So just having like people knock them out. Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Just nothing I'm, but a bum Casey. I know, man. Nothing but a bum. I think, you know, knowing you're, bu- you're a bum is where you like get your greatest power. And isn't so, that like the first step in AA? Oh, you bum power. I've heard about bum power. Admit, admit that you're a bum. It's it's the first step I think in first step in any like real spiritual growth is to is to understand and realize mm-hmm. your shortcomings and say wow I'm really literally nothing before the Lord and so um, you know those lessons that I have been learning and every time that I drive and so uh, I called Jason one morning and I was just talking I was like man like you know the Lord <laughs> the Lord had really been speaking to me um, so there's a book that I've been uh, listening to on Audible. Uh, and you might want to type this down in your notes is by, uh, what's his name? Raphael Irwin McManus. Irwin McManus. Yeah. He's the, he's the head pastor mosaic. Oh yeah. Los Angeles and man, uh, the way of the warrior. And if you are a book buff, you need to be reading that book. Seriously. I mean, there is, I, I, I've been listening to it like every morning since I've, you know, gone out to Tulsa and like a lot of that stuff has really been like speaking to me. And so I called Jason. <clears throat> Erwin oh. Raphael McManus. Yep. Yep. Way of the warrior. Super good book. Really, really good book. I've I, heard of it. So I've, I've been, I've, really I've been listening things. to that. And if you want to know what else I've been listening to, honestly. Um, so the normal Christian life by uh watchman. Nee. Watchman. Nee, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so super good stuff. And um, I called Jason because I was listening to this and he was talking about, man, um, in this one chapter, I can't remember the chapter, but he was talking about like our oneness and our connectivity with everything and how um, before sin, before everything, you know, when we were created in the garden, we were, we were in con- direct connectivity with everything around us. We were in connectivity with God, right? Direct connectivity with God. 
and then we were in connectivity with each other, right? So uh, man and wife, you know, and the connectivity with each other. And we were also in, in connectivity with nature. So I called Jason because uh, I was talking about, man, like, you know, you, you ever get those times where like, where, like you're just listening to the Lord and you're like really just, he downloads so much and you're just like, like, you're like, okay, man, I'm trying to take and your I'm, mind's being blown. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I'm trying to take this all down right now. You right. Know? Right. And so he, he gave me this real heavy download. And so I called Jason and I was like, man, like I, so I called Jason and I was like, um, when are you guys recording next? He's like, oh, next Tuesday. I was like, do you have a, do you have a host? He's like, no, I literally just a talked. Guest. Yeah. He's like, I literally just had a, I have a host. It's Chris. <laughs> Ouch. He said, you know, he said, no, I was literally just talking to Chris about this the other day and, um, we didn't have anybody out there and now you're calling me cause I was, I wanted to, you know, I, I just felt that right. it was like super important, <laughs> but I wanted to talk, you know, so, so Jason and I got to talking about the connectivity between each other and our capacity or propensity to either create or destroy within our personal lives. Right. And so we got on a really heavy conversation. Like we were having church for that 30 minutes that we had that conversation. It was it good. Happens. It, it yeah. was good, man. It was, re- it was really yeah. good. And, and so, well, well, the way you hit me up, man, you called me, I had just messaged Chris that morning and I was like, Hey, what do you think? You know, do we have some guests? <clears throat> and then, um, Casey, uh, Casey ended up calling me, calling me or messaging me asking if we had anybody. And I was like, no, I was just telling Chris about it. Well, then we got on the phone and you told me that one of your buddies listens to the podcast and that yeah. he had mentioned one of those episodes that we, well, we talked about yeah, from, Bima, the, from the Bima. Bima podcast. So then you listened to the one about the rainbow. Right. Right. So, and so, so you started talking so about Daniel, the significance. Right. So Daniel Smith, um, he's a, he's a faithful listener to the podcast. He's also, he's also a really, really good friend of mine. And you know, um, he's one of those guys in my life that I look up to and, um, especially like since what I've been going through now, like he's been constant there for me and he knows how much the rainbow means to me. And, and so he messaged me that podcast about that Bima podcast. He's like, Hey man, like salty dogs mentioned this, you know, and I'll be honest, I hadn't been listening to the podcast, you know, like mm-hmm. I just haven't been on it sure. and you know, but he, he was like, man, you need to listen to this episode. And so that episode about, um, the promise of God, like the rainbow, uh, was really, I don't know, it, it really drove home for me. Um, but there's one line in that Bima podcast that really stuck out to me. What was that? Um, it was that, so the, the, the rainbow signified. So like when you look at, so this will all be in Genesis, right? The, right. The, the, the story, Genesis, yeah. Right, so the, the story of creation. But, um, you know, on the seventh day he rested. And so there was this line in that Bima podcast talking about the destruction of the world, like the rainbow and everything else. Like he was, he drew it back to God. Not only does he know how to, when to stop creating, because it would have been an overload. It would have been too much. Right. But that rainbow signified that God also knows how to stop destroying. Right. Right. And that, like that to me, I don't know why, like in, in, in my life, I was like, whoa, like, and, and here's the crazy thing about that. So after I listened to that podcast that morning, it was raining down in Tulsa. And so, um, I, I did our daily work, whatever. And so there's this little sushi joint that I, I frequent often because it's really good. And so I went there, we got off super early. So I had just listened to the podcast about the rainbow. And so I was walking up to this restaurant after we got off work. And so walked up to this restaurant. It was like 10 minutes early, right? So I went up there, pulled the door, click, it's it like locked. I was like, damn, I got, I got 10 more minutes, you know, until, so I, I turned back around 
And I'll be damned, bro. Like I, I saw the biggest rainbow you'll ever see in your life. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> had I been 10 minutes later, like I would have walked in that restaurant when I ate my sushi, I would have came out. Would have never that. seen, never yeah. seen that. You know what I mean? But like, so like that morning, that rainbow, you know, meant so much to me. And I was like, wow, man, it's really one of those things. Did my work, went to that, locked, turned around. I would have never seen it. Right. And there it was, you know yeah, what I mean? And so it's like one of those things, you know. Let's kind of recap that for people because you kind of, you breeze through it real can quick. Can I, can I recap? Were you, what, can I recap the Genesis aspect of that, the creating? That's what and then I was going to say. And then you can do the, the other one if you want. Whatever. Okay. No, go ahead. Just talk. Okay. Yeah. So in Genesis, when they talk about the story of creation, um, they talk about God resting um, and the analogy that these guys used on this on the Bema podcast, and that's widely accepted within Jewish culture, is that our God is a God that knows when to say enough is enough, right. that he knows when to stop creating. And, if and you he think, did that by saying, looking at it and saying, it, it is, is good. good. It is good. He my my heart is complete. Yeah. You know, sometimes you look at, um, you look at, uh, they use the analogy of the statue of, uh, of David, right? And how one of the big things that stands out about that is the size of, of the statue's hands. Right. And if, if Mike, was it who, Michelangelo, who made that? Yeah. Michelangelo. So if he would have not stopped creating, if he would have kept chiseling away, he would have ruined what was there, but our God is so good um, that He knows when to stop creating. He knows right. when to say enough is enough. Right. And so because there, it would because it would have been too much. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's always that emphasis of like there would have been too much. You know, and He and He never gives us too much. He never gives us too little. He gives us exactly what we need at the at that time. Right. right. Yes. And so there's there's that there's that piece of creation. And then when we look over at the story of. Um, of Noah. Noah, whenever we look at that story, that story is very interesting because it actually, um, when these guys talk about it, they talk about how all throughout um, the first 11 chapters of the Bible, so you got the story of creation, story of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, um, the Tower of Babel, Noah, all of these cr- stories that it's setting up who Yahweh is. It's selling up, setting up who Elohim is yeah. and, and who he is and how he's different from all of the other lowercase Correct. G gods Correct. that the people of the day worshipped. Right. And so everything and they, about they, that was they, like, here's how he's different. And they they brought into that the, the epic of Gilgamesh mm-hmm. and everything else. Like, so how is that story separate from all of that? You know what right. I mean? And then, and you know, and all, so every nation... There's so many nations that have a flood story, a story of a flood, the Aztecs, the Egyptians, the everybody's got a flood story in the East. And so when God is introducing himself to his people, he wanted to show them how he is different. A lot of people hear the story of Noah and they're like, wow, how could a God destroy? But you got to think when you're hearing this story and if you're someone that's living back in this day, you're expecting God's to act this way and to do this thing. And the thing that God's plural. Yes. It's polytheism back then. Yes. So the thing that is different about Elohim is that he knew when to say enough was enough and he knew when to stop destroying. And this is what separated him and, and made him different. He wanted to show that he's different. And you talk about the rainbow and they actually use the analogy that the, that what they talk about, you know, the word rainbow isn't in the Bible, but it's the word is bow. It's an assault weapon. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's used. And so God not only said, I will not, I will stop destroying, but I will take this bow 
and I will point it towards myself. Right. And right. I will be the one. Which is prophecy. Right. For Jesus, you know, Jesus and what's to come. So we see God that knows, a God that knows when to stop creating and a God that knows when to stop destroying. Right. And, and so, this is what makes us human. Right. And so what the reason that God knew when to stop creating is because his creation was then embedded with the potential and the power to create. It's not that he stopped making things. It's that he set things in motion so that creation could continue right. through the created yeah. thing. That's what we need to understand. Well, so and, let to carry, me, and to carry on our work that, that he, that he meant right. us to carry on. Well, we, he made us in his image and he made everything Correct. in his image. And so on day three of creation, you get this word good in the Hebrew, it's tov. You get it. That's the first time you see it. And then you kind of see it all throughout the rest of the creation story that he saw that it was good, that it was good, that it was good, that it was very good. And so the first time we're introduced to that word tov in the Hebrew good is when God went goes ahead and he separates the um, the he, he calls the dry ground land and he calls the water, the sea, and he sees that the water and the sea is good, right. or excuse me, the land and the sea is good. And then he produces vegetation and seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, mm. according to the various kinds, <laughs> right? And so the land produces vegetation. It bears forth seed that can give uh, forth after its own kind. Right. And God looks at that and he says, that's good. And so he continues through creation and he says it's good and he knows when to stop creating. But it's because he put inside the animals, inside of the plants, inside the land and inside the sea. Think about that. The, um, the, the animals in the sea reproduce in the sea, the fruit and the trees reproduce on the land. So land and sea, both being the places where, where seeds are sown, essentially hmm. where things can go in and die and then, and then procreate, recreate. Oh, it's because so, it's because it's because the propensity for things on the land to produce is not without water. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so, like, we think about that. And so, like, water. Water's an essential. Right. Yeah, but we are 80, what, 80, 80%, 85% Something like that. water. Yeah. We are. We need a fact checker on the show, by the yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, be good. but what I was saying was the fact that God stopped creating when he created something that had the power to create. Correct. Which is us. Right. But right. you know, God, here's the other thing is that God also had the ability to keep creating. He could have kept going. God could have kept destroying too. And so it, he shows that you can stop. Right. And, and I think that that's, that's big. That That's important. You know, it that is. is what makes it us is. human, the ability to be able to create and destroy right. so the choose, fact that we're we not when, 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 when to keep creating and when, and when to stop destroying. You right. Know what I mean, like, and so I can take, for instance, as my life, you know, um, the, like that creative capacity, man, we are creative beings, man, like we are made in the image of God. And so to be able to keep creating or like stop destroying, you know? And so when I look at, okay everything in our lives, man, like we are either one thing we are creating, we are destroying. There is no other thing. You know what I mean? There is no, I mean, even, even like lethargy, you know what I mean? Is, is destroying because you are like allowing You've ceased. Exactly. Yeah. You've ceased to stop creating. And so therefore you are allowing, you know, destruction. And so like, when we look at that, like our creative capacity, you know, who we are is, man, I, sometimes I think, Maybe we think too little 
of the fact that we are images of God. You know, we are, when I look at you and when I look at Chris, you know, have I ever really stopped to like take into account that you are images of God in my life? You know what I mean? Have I ever really, because these things are so complex, man, like the, the creation story, the destruction story, it's so complex. You know what I mean? Have I ever stopped to look at the complexity around me and look at the complexity inside of a human being like you or Chris, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and, and to really recognize that, like, what are we supposed to be doing other than recognizing the fact that you are an image bearer of God. And right. so, how, and how often do I, do I, do I forget that? You know what I mean? Because despite, you know, like what we go through, because I mean, that's the ploy of the devil, man, like really to get you, to get you like not even paying attention, man, because I, I, I strongly believe that if you're not paying attention, you will miss something. Right. And so, so the devil is not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not any of these things. So what does he have to do? He has to create a net, right? So he, he's weaved this really fine net, right. To get us to be what, distracted from the things that are really around us. Right. And so, uh, pastor Jeff Jewett, um, I went to a, you know, a sermon with him and, you know, awesome, awesome guy, man. Like, you know, right. you, you guys know him. He's, Our listeners know him. Yeah. 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 And he's, you know, he's struggling with his heart issues and whatever. And, you know, he's going through some things right now health wise, but, um, man, he, he was talking about one time and I, and I took it a step further cause he preached a sermon on what was God. Okay. When he says, be holy as I'm holy. Like what was God before he was ever ascribed anything like before any human or or any being was omniscient enough to proclaim to him or give him, Oh, you're holy before any of that. What was he? Mm -hmm. He was present, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I, 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 I believe yes, holiness is all these other things, but man, like, before anybody could ascribe him holiness, he he was. You know what I mean? I am. That's what. That's his name. You know what I mean? He's, he's like, well, Moses was like, well, who should I tell? Send me. I'm like, I am, mofo. You know what I mean? Like, I've been there. I've done that. I, I, I have been here. And so, like, that that aspect of holiness, yes, I, I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, be... be do conduct your business as holy, yes, but, but like, holiness... Like when I think about it and when Pastor Jeff challenges me to think about it is like before anybody was there to ascribe to him holiness, he was, you know what I mean? And so holiness, to, not, not holy, but in, in my mind, when I think about it, like is being present, hmm. you know? And so like, so, so he was in, 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 obviously in community, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, but he was, you know? And so when he's talking about be holy as I am holy, man, be present as I am present. You know what I mean? Mm. And if you are not, if you are not present, you know what I mean? Like for instance, I can draw this from me in my life. You know, if I'm, if I'm dwelling on the past, which I do a lot, you know, I'm, I'm dwelling on all these things, all these failures, all these complications, you know, all this really deep stuff. But then also I'm dwelling in worry about the future. Like I'm not being present and if I'm not being present, so, so when I walk down the street and I'm, my head is hung low. So he says, man, like lift up your head, you know, son of God, lift up your head. Because like, I, I remember times where I'm, where I'm like, I, I just walk my head hung low. I'm missing, you know, anybody that could be around me that, you know, he says like, dude, 
give to anybody who asks of you. And if, if I'm not, if I'm not present and my eyes aren't up and I'm not walking like up, you know, with my, 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 my vision forward, then like you're going to miss something or somebody, you know, and, um, dude, he's present, always present. And so being present and like trusting him with my future and also trusting him to forgive my past. And so like walking in that present, that's holiness. You know what I mean? To me, to me in the sense, in, in that sense, and I'm not saying that's the whole thing. This is just what I'm thinking about, man. But like being present in other people's lives, because like what I could, I could walk right by you, Chris, I could walk right by you, Jason, and not right. even, and not even understand or know that like I could be a blessing or I could be light or darkness to somebody else. That's like literally right there. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you're saying like we have a choice in everything that we do. There, there's Correct. always, there's always a choice. And if you were to go back and listen to, um, episode two of the Bema podcast, they talk about um, the fall and, and even the story of Adam and Eve being created. And one of the most widely accepted kind of points of view of that story that we often miss with our Western culture eyes is that that story is actually about what it means to be human. Hmm. And, and I'll, I'll just, I'm not going to summarize the episode, but go listen to it. The big overarching point that they talk about in Jewish culture is that we are not animals. You know, that, right. that we are not a beast. Right. Um, we are human beings. We are image bearers of God. And with right. that comes a responsibility. And, and it, you know, a beast, you look at a beast, you know, a wild dog or a wild animal, what is it going to do? It's going to do whatever the hell it wants to do in whatever moment it wants to do. If it's hungry, it's going to go gorge and it's going to eat. If it is wants to have sex to reproduce, it's going to go do that. If it wants to kill, it's going to do that. There's no fighting that carnal instinct right. that's within it. And, and by God being a God that says um, he knows when to create, he knows when to stop creating, he knows when to stop destroying. We are made in his image. We have that in our being. We can say no to things. We don't have to just be someone that gives into the carnal desires that we have. We don't have to be someone right. that, that just continues to do the bad thing, the sin, the whatever it is in our lives. We don't have to keep doing those things over and over again. And that's what I find so interesting about this topic is that that is what makes us human. Right. We have that. And you know, Jason, I know you and I have had conversations about, I think it's in uh, Romans eight where they talk about um, feeding the flesh or feeding the spirit, you know, that right. kind of thing. Like yep. sowing, I know you've used the analogy of, of basically exuding death or life right. by your actions. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And I feel like that's pretty relevant to this topic. I don't know if you sure. Well, I want to, I want to take it back just a little bit. Cause I think we skipped over something that's pretty stinking important when we're talking about this, having the, like the Lord actually, we are given that ability to create or destroy. Mm -hmm. And he's put the potential within us to continue to create. And it's not just procreate like human beings, but right. if we think about the whole <clears throat> fruit aspect, well, then when he plants his seed inside of our lives of the Holy Spirit, well, then that Holy Spirit then begins to give forth fruit that the purpose uh, of the fruit yes. is to have a seed that can give forth after its own kind. And so... Literally, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives exists so that others can have that planted in them so then it's birthed in them as well. And then the same thing happens. They bear fruit, then they bear fruit, then they bear fruit. Fruit of the Spirit, I pray for it for the wrong reason, bro. 
Like I think about the sin in my life and I'm like, God, give me patience. God, help me to show love. God, help me to be gentle. God, help me to have self-control. Please, I need to overcome this sin. And I'm trying to bear forth fruit of the spirit so that I can be the one that consumes it. But that's not why fruit is born. And let me, right. And let me speak to that real quick, man. Um, drop some, drop some knowledge. Dude, I'm about to drop. Y'all didn't think it was going to go back to trees. I did need you? Casey to drink some coffee or something. He's too yeah. chill for me right yeah. now. <laughs> that I've been changing. You're throwing man. me off. Yeah, no, man. My life has been changing, dude. And, um, I'm a lot more chill than I used to be, but dude, honestly, this is where I was going to go with this. And I'm so glad that, you know, even Chris brought it up because like, I knew that this was, you know, I, I, I was up the other day at like three o'clock in the morning you know, I, I woke up at three, obviously three. And like, I was like, man, like, what do you, what do you want to tell me? You know, and and pertaining to the fruits of the spirit, right? You've always heard me say, and I've said this and I I said it without knowledge. I said it without, you know, I was just kind of prophesying that, that thing into the darkness. Right. So, um, the fruit in our lives is for consumption, right? Right. It is not for our consumption it is for other people's consumption so that they may taste and see trees aren't cannibals like that. The Lord is good and that mm. the, the goodness of the Lord leads men to repentance. And so, right. man, like I'm, I'm about to, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it as best as I can, man, because I, I still hadn't like figured it out, man. But so we're talking about, man, this is so interesting. So the fruit of the spirit, right? This is, this is, so when you, and this is right where I've been at, right? Chris, you saw that the whole time, like the whole time my, my Bible has been turned here to Ephesians. And if you have your Bibles and I hope that you do, um, and not just the ones that glow. (laughs) All right. Uh, David Platt. That's no, his so, opening line. So you know, I've, I've been in and Jason, I talked to you, what, four weeks ago, almost a month ago, sure. telling you that I was in Ephesians, yeah. you know, five, yeah. six, uh, four and five and six. And so, um, this, this concept of fruit, right? So, man, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to lay this on you as best as I can. So it says that. You know, we are, I started here in this verse in what, I think, um, five, Ephesians 5, 14, which is, uh, this is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you, man. So, um, the deeper and deeper that I delve into like tree biology, the deeper and deeper that I understand, man, like Christ teaching on, I am the vine, you are the branches is the most prolific, like most, I mean, it's the deepest teaching. I mean, honestly, in my life, you know, just, just from where I'm at, like it is so deep. And so when he says that, okay, I'm the vine, you're the branches, right? So he is the trunk in this instance, right? We are the extension of him, right? But we are all part of the same body. So I look at the tree. Or is it connectivity? Right. Connectivity. Exactly. So, which is where I wanted to go with this episode and our connectivity to him and like our connectivity to each other. So (laughs) when we're looking at the body of Christ as a, as a tree, as he was saying, dude, like the entirety of it, you know, we are extensions of him. He is like, so, so there's this static in this dynamic aspect. Okay. So you have Dude, everything within the spirit is so dynamic. 
our lives are so dynamic. Everything is so dynamic, right? It, we, 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 the wind, we shift and we change with the wind, man. Like people will give up on you. You know what I mean? Like there will be hurts and there will be pains and there'll be all of these things, man, all these winds like crashing in on you. Right. So as, as, as I look at the branch, like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? He says, you are a branch. You are an extension of me, although you are a part of the entirety of this organism. Right. So you are. So when we look at Christ as the head or we look at Christ as the trunk, we are all branches, right? Every one of us, every one of us. So when I look at the tree, when I go and look at it, like, man, like we are all extensions of this main organism, right? And the, 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 the totality of this entire organism is survival, it's growth, you know? And so when he tells you that you are an extension of me, when you are, when you are a branch, I'm like, and I looked at this and I said, man, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, and so when you look at what we're supposed to do, right, we're a branch, we're an extension of him. What does a branch do? So when I look at it like as an arborist, I'm like, what is a branch supposed to do? A branch extends itself so that what? So that it can do one thing within the process of photosynthesis so that it can live in the light, my man, you know, and so we extend ourselves out. We, 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 we grow ourselves out to the light. It says, what does it say? Live in the light as I am in the light. Right. right. So we look, so we look at this and this is what's so interesting because I have, to, I have to draw this back to when I was researching th that, you know, when Jesus went to the woman at the well mm -hmm. and he said, he said like, man, anybody that comes to me will have rivers of living water flowing from within them. Right. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about the spirit. Right. That, that's the spirit. Okay. The spirit of the Lord should be rising within us. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm saying, okay, well, how, how, how do I draw the spirit from within me? Right. And so he drew me to this, this photosynthetic process. So as we're living in the light, so as a branch biologically, as a part of the tree is living in the light, right? So the, the leaves just like extend out like this, right? So the branch extends out like that. It opens its folds like that, you know, to only do one thing, which is to accept the light. Okay. And so as those, as those, as those leaves take in the light, right? So at the, at the base of the petiole, there's a stomata, right? The stomata and I, I, like, don't let me lose you here because I, I love it when because, you talk botany. Because I want to tell you, I, I want to tell you, I want to tell you how, how you're gonna how you're gonna draw the water of the spirit from within you. And this is part of my problem. That's been my problem for a long time. This is how you draw the spirit from within you. Because not only is he the light, he is the spirit, right? So he is the true light. He came there. He he he. I am the light. I am the way, I am the truth of life, right? And so when we exist only in that propensity, which is to extend ourselves to only to do one thing, which is not to produce fruit, which is not to produce anything, man, it's, it's, it's for one thing. It's so that the leaves that we have right on us will soak in the light. Right. Now, when we soak in the light, now this is the crazy thing about trees, okay? So I, we were always thinking about, okay, well, in, 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 you know, the sense of gravity, like how, how does a tree move water up through? So what happens is like, as the leaves are in the light, the stomata open, right? And so hydrogen molecules are linked together. So the, the stomata, they release those, the, the, it's a chain of molecules, right? The, the hydrogen molecules, they are evaporating into the air, right? So as that, as the tree is literally like spread into the light, the stomata are open, right? Guess, guess what happens? As every single hydrogen molecule is evaporated into the air, it pulls another one up. 
it pulls literally from the trunk, uh, from the ground, yeah. all the way up. Because it is living in the light, because mm-hmm. that branch is living in the light, it evaporates those molecules. It pulls that through. So pulls the water through. It pulls the water through because those hydrogen molecules are linked as you live in the light, as I am in the light, right? So I'm thinking about this. I'm like, dude, like, how do I pull the spirit up out from within me? live in a light, man, because mm-hmm. that's the only way that it's going to, it's going to, it's going to pull up through. And so I take this lesson from my life. That's good. No, I, I, I take this lesson from my life because, okay. So when, when, when darkness falls, when it's nighttime, the stomata close, there is mm-hmm. no photosynthetic synthetic process happening. There's no hydrogen molecules pulling up through right. because, because it's dark as we live in the darkness. Right. And so for a long time, and so I can, I can reflect on times in my life, man, like where I've been so frustrated. I'm like, well, why am I not, you know, bearing fruit of the spirit? Now in this, in this passage, he says the fruit of light, mm. he says, don't be associated with the fruit of darkness, mm-hmm. but the fruit of light. Right. So the, the, that, that fruit that we're talking about is only, is only conducted through the fact that we are living in the light. And so I've spent a long time in my life, you know what I mean? And so and I hate to bring it back to some damp shit, bro. Like where it's like, you know, where, you know, my marriage and things like that. But like, I have to, I have to draw from like the things that I've experienced. And in my life, you know, I, I was so consumed, right. With my, my, the things that happened to me, like the trauma, the darkness, I was so consumed that I was not living in the light. I wasn't producing anything. Right. And so when you look at a tree, if they're not, if you're not producing, right. If you're not living in the light, you're not producing, it dies instantly. Okay. I mean, mean, literally like it just, it's a, it's a process of failure, you know? And so when you're, if you don't have a, if you don't have enough to put like produce from the light that you're living in, you will naturally come like take from your reserves, you know, uh, trees form, you know, reserves and carbohydrates, you know, starches, it's just a form of sugar. But like, if I'm living in the darkness and I'm not producing, I'm going to live off my energy reserves mm-hmm. until those reserves are, until they're are, done, are completed, and they're completed die. and then you die. And so I look at these things in my life, you know, where I had been living in darkness, bro. And like, that was the most profound I mean, these are, these are things that I'm still unpacking just from that one teaching alone, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it is so deep, like living in life and, and, and producing something. So not only that, the fruit of light, you know what I mean? Like, so, so living in the light, what does that look like? I don't <laughs> That's know. what I was going to ask. That's what was going to be my question. Right. Like, what is it but there's that look verse, like to live in the there's light? That verse, there's that verse in Romans. I think it's Romans. It says like, reckon yourself as dead to sin, but alive unto Christ. Right. And Christ says that, did I am in you. You are in me. I am in the Father. The Father is in me. That life is within you. So what does it look like to live in the light? That's honest. That's death and life. You know what I mean? Imagine. Yeah. So I was living in this place where I was hiding, right? Hiding. And so I look at that. And so I, I came down to like every time they were hiding somewhere, where were they hiding? Do you know? They were in a cave. Dave, David. Oh, okay. All this, David, they, right. they were in a cave. Yeah. Lazarus, when they buried him, he was in a cave. Yeah. Right. And so it's a place it, where light literally could not. Exactly. You know, so wasn't. you, so you look at the, so you look at the tomb, right? There's no dark, there's no light there. It's darkness. You know what I mean? Like there, there's nothing there, man. Like his darkness is dryness. So, but like this, this verse, wake up sleeper 
first of all, this is the story of Lazarus, okay? Right. Wake, yeah, up, wake, wake up, up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine. So wake up, sleeper. He automatically speaks life into your life. He said, arise, right? Wake up, right? Wake up from death to life. Arise. He had a choice. <clears throat> Lazarus, come forth from the tomb. You know what I mean? Lazarus, come forth. He came forth. You know what I mean? And then Christ was shone on you. And he, like he met, he met Christ where he was at. He took off those grave clothes. He, he met Christ where he was at. That's death and life. That's darkness and light. You were dead in your trespasses. You were mm -hmm. dead. Mm -hmm. You were in darkness. You know what I mean? But now you are light in the Lord. That's why he says, Reckon your, reconcile yourselves as dead unto sin, but alive unto Christ. Light and dark. You know what I mean? It's a lot, Casey. Sorry. No, it's good. It's all good stuff. Yeah, it seems like, <clears throat> excuse me, the Lord's been really taking you on a journey there. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to process as you're telling me because you're giving us like this whole journey of everything that you're learning. And I'm like, oh man, you've thought about this stuff, you know, for, for days and for hours. And yeah. so I appreciate you dropping that on us, man. There's a whole lot of deep stuff going on there. Um, I want to get back to this, this idea of, um, of creating and destroying hmm. because you mentioned it. Um, you said you didn't want to get too deep on it, but you literally had the power in, in through your actions, whether or not to live in the light or live in the darkness. Right. And depending on wh where you chose to be dependent or, uh, was it determined whether or not you lived right. in such a way that you created yeah, and continued forth Correct. life or whether or not you destroy. So you're, them. you're observing that these are connected, like these creating and destroying, living in the light, living in the darkness. Oh, these absolutely. Are interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Talking about like being the branch and living in the light. If you're, if you're doing that and living by the spirit, which is what you're talking about, right? Drawing from that spirit within and living in the spirit, you'll bring forth life. Right. But if fruit, you live the fruit, the fruit yeah, of light, which but if is, you, which is, but if you live according the the to the flesh, then you'll die. So that right. takes me back to this whole being made in the image of God, but not being made like an animal. An animal cannot subdue its desires. It cannot subdue its flesh, its flesh nature. It, an animal can't subdue its nature. Right. right? Yeah. A, a bird can't be like, I'm just not going to migrate. You know, this isn't a Disney movie. It right. doesn't yeah. just stay behind. It and just if like it does. There's oh, probably something wrong. With right. It. right. You know, there's like these in these um, biological animal instincts that are built in. And when they trigger, there is no going against those. Right. It's not like that with us. Exactly. So as humans, we experience these desires. We experience like rage, the desire to um, consume, the desire to destroy. That's what hate is, right? right? I tell you, if you even hate your brother, that you've already committed murder. You're Destroying. And so you're destroying from the hate that's within you, right? The lack of self-control, you begin to destroy the lack of patience, right? You think God has like, he's patient, not like some no patience, but he's patient with you, hoping that his kindness will lead you to repentance because he doesn't hope that anyone perishes. Right. And we know that if that patience is withheld or if it's um, not withheld, well, then it brings forth a wrath that destroys, right? Yeah. So all of that fruit of the spirit born out of us that right. God has put in us continues that life cycle. And so, and so this is all like it comes back to producing or not producing, you know what I mean? That's death and life, you know, and the fruit of the spirit, like, oh, man, 
And, and, and this is the thing about the fruit, right? And you and I talked about this, which was that within the fruit, there is seed. Right. Okay. So as the way that a tree or a plant like that reproduces, it like it drops its fruit. And that seed, what, falls to the ground and dies. dies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so and so we're looking at, you know, like the fruit in my life, you know, it, it, it should do one of two things. Either it's not going to produce or it's going to reproduce. You know, and that fruit of the spirit, right, when it's consumed, automatically drops seed because there's seed inside of the fruit, right? And so, like, that reproduction aspect in other people, we have the power, like, within ourselves to... Well, not within ourselves, but you know what I mean? Like to, to, to reproduce that. And like when people consume that, like there's seed inside of that, it reproduces itself right. so after, when you, after its own kind. When you act in love, you plant the seed of love that can bring forth more love. Right. When, when you, you act, when right, you act in patience the, or when you act in self-control or when you act, when you act in kindness, gentleness, all those things, like you're, right. you're reproducing the fruit because there's seed inside of that fruit and it's being consumed by the people around you. And yeah. then it has the power to birth that within them. And it births life. But right. sometimes so just, that only happens through death, you know, going back to the seeds. Correct. There's a there's a band that I like. It's called My Epic. And they have a line that says, seeds will never bloom till they die. Um, wicks will never burn till they're on fire. Like the, this idea that like there has to almost be this depth, death before life can come. Yeah. Well, Jesus says it in John 12, 23 and 24. Jesus replied, the hours come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So on what day, what did the Lord create the plants that gave forth seed to give forth after its own kind? Right. Third day? The third day. Yeah. And then Jesus died. On the cross, and then on the third course, day, of course he did. That Jesus, of course he did. Of course he did. So he he that, died. He's a rascal. He was the kernel of wheat that fell into the ground, and then three days on the third day. But think yeah. about that. But think about forth. The, the, the death of ourselves, like always. That's produces, where I wanted to go. Right, and yeah, so let's talk about that. And God spoke to me. Here I go again, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just what He's been saying to me. He's been speaking to me about a, a couple of different things. And so He was talking to me about like my life, like to where like our propensity to destroy, like never, never like gets outside of His grace to restore, and His grace to bring something new. And He was talking to me about this through a forest fire. So I had right. I, I I had a vision. Lean back. <laughs> I want to lean back. <laughs> so, um, this vision of a, a, I saw a forest, right, teeming with life. You know, talk about like, you know, birds in the trees and like every everything was in there. You know, um, it was teeming with life. And then yeah. instantly, the vision went to a forest fire. So everything was on fire. And then he went. Me, he he took me to like where it was done burning, and like there was nothing there. Like you you couldn't hear any life. You couldn't hear anything, right? But he was speaking to me, and in the fact that like so we set these fires in our lives. You know we destroy these things in our lives. And brother or sister, if you're listening to me right now, and and you've destroyed something in your life, I'm telling you, I'm right there with you because I I set that shit on fire for real. And my entire life, you know, has been burnt to the ground by, by my actions. And so I want to tell you what he spoke to me because it's encouraging, you know, when a force burns down to the ground and you hear only silence and there's nothing there, um, all of a sudden, like there comes life and actually the nutrients 
and the things that come to the ground, you know, when, when a force burns actually gives life and it's a, it's actually a catalyst to life. It, it, right. it, 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 it propels life in like a really, 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 really fast. So, so once, so what was not there anymore is actually there like thriving more so than could have ever been before. Because like when that stuff gets burnt down to the ground, like, you know, man, like, and so, and so he took me directly to this thing. So, so when the forest gets burnt down to the ground, there's new life and the new life thrives way more than the old life that was there. And so that forest eventually, after you give it time to grow, will actually bring forth way more life than was ever there before. And so he took, he took me here. He said, look at Christ's life. He had a human body. You know what I mean? Like that was his life before the death, before the destruction. That was our human choice to execute him, not crucify him. We executed him. Okay. And after that, after that time of growth in the tomb, what happened? A new life sprang forth. That was way more glorious than the past life. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, my father-in-law, he um, he lives on some some acreage, and he's got all these uh, what are those like stickers out in the field? Like it, it's beautiful. You know, I've wanted to take families out there and photograph them, but there's just it's a ridiculous amount of stickers. So he started the process of burning the fields, and he he burned all the fields, and man, he just they just lit up, they ignited. Maybe that was a week and a half ago. I mean, there is greenery budding through. I mean, Literally. it was just, Literally. it was just charcoal and just, I mean, it wasn't charcoal, but it was all black was burned, and bro. just dead and burned. Well, what did it mean that and Jesus it was crazy that we would be baptized by fire? He would burn up mm. all the old and then on, make a way for Jay. the new. <laughs> I mean, you can real, just, though. you can just go right into the, uh, the, the, the marriage analogy of burning up the impurities of gold and all this stuff. There's always, there's always this, this depth, death or releasing of but, something. But see, think about this. You know, we talk about the power to create and the power to destroy. I think oftentimes we see the power to destroy in a bad light. Like we're going to destroy others. We're going to destroy ourselves, that kind of thing. But we actually have the power to destroy in a way that is beneficial, right? Well, I Unless think- a man dies... I, to himself, right, and I and he I can't heard, follow me. I heard I heard something from TD Jakes actually when he was talking to Elevation uh, Worship man, like he was talking about um, the crushing process, and then like Stephen Furtick asked him, okay, so do you think that like God does it by His own hand, or like what 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 is the power of consequence there? You know, what's what's the power of consequence? A man makes his own decisions, and TD Jakes says. And this is like blew me away, man. I actually started crying because it was just so profound to me. And it might not be super profound, but like to me in that moment, it meant something really, really heavy to me. It was like, like God will either use his own hand or use your own. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, dang son, like that, that, that process, you know, and even, and it's so, so we look at the process of life, man. Like we look at the process of nature, right? And, and when we destroy, we are not outside of the capacity of God to restore something and to restore it more so than like thriving more than it had ever been before, man. Like, should we, should we go on sinning that the grace of God can abound? Absolutely not. No, we shouldn't. You know what I mean? But some people like me, man, like, you know, that, that lesson doesn't come unless you have that, you know what I mean? But he will never, you will never outdo God, first of all. Okay. And I'm not talking about, oh, you don't, you'll never outgive God. No, listen, man, like you will never, 
destroy your life so far beyond the propensity of God to be able to rectify that and make something new out of it because his grace abounds so much it, it, it abounds so much further than anywhere we can possibly go and that sounds bad you know and, and it shouldn't be like that you know what I mean like but when I look at my own life or when, when I look at these things man and I look at like all this like you look at all this destruction you know what I mean like and these people that like that are with me on this podcast, man, like, you know, you look at all this destruction, you are not outside of God's capacity, his ability to make something so new out of this that it will thrive so much more because out of destruction has always wrought something that is so much better than what would have been in the first place. Dude, how crazy is it that there's a death <clears throat> that destroys the potential to create new life? And there's a death that is the potential to create new life. Right. There's both. Yeah. So are you talking about a, a literal death and then a spirit, like a, a consequential kind of death that happens when we. Yeah. Just that whole die to self. Right. Right. Like I'm going to die to myself, die to my flesh, die to those desires, those animalistic desires um, to hate or to, um, you know, yell or whatever it is. I mean, think, think about just relationships. Right. You can either partner with life or death in the words that you speak. And so I literally have the power to destroy people with my words. Right. The things that you can say to people can really, truly tear them down. Absolutely. And what happens is just think about people who grew up and they have uh, parents who were, you know, they just have these traumatic experiences where they were told that they were worthless and that they were pointless and they would never amount to anything. And so as those words were going forward, they're destroying, destroying, destroying that person. Right. So that person ends up having uh, depression or ends up having sexual addiction or it ends uh, up destroying has, the rest of the has life, a propensity bro. to yeah. like binge on alcohol or drugs or whatever it is to numb the pain that was caused by the death that was spoken over them. Right. And so it, it's pretty insane to think about that. But on the flip side, we have, we have the ability within us to speak words, right? That's how the father, I mean, he, he looked at the face of the deep. It was empty void without purpose. It was chaos. He said, let there be light. So it was by the word of the Lord that the light came forth. Right. So he shined the light on it first. Right. And then he began to fill it and he filled it with potential to bring forth more life and for everything to bring forth after its own kind. And so as we continue journeying this, you know, the face of the planet right. and we're in relationship, you were just talking about way earlier in the podcast, like, you know, I just pass by you and I may, if I'm not present, if I'm not thinking about, it, I can just go right by you and forget that you have the image of God on you. Right. But like, how often are we ever reminding anybody that about that image of God in them and what not that tr really, truly means. Not like, enough. You know what I'm saying? And that's the community, man. Like that's the source to the sink. And so I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris, but like, so when we look at, when we look at the, when we look at the tree, right. Th what happens with the tree? Like it, it takes in these nutrients, these, like everything that's essential to the growth of something. And immediately the, the source, right. Not a, not a pun for your church. But like the source, right, that's taking in all this stuff immediately, immediately brings those nutrients straight to the sink, which is the lower part of the tree, which is not yet a producing element of the tree, but it is, and it shall be, and it will be mm -hmm. a, a producing element of that tree. That's why, like, we, everything that we take in, these things, like, we should be pouring into each other, being light. It says, you are, you are light now in the Lord, you know what I mean? And so every time that you go to somebody or you go 
go to another person, right? You are a light that is giving birth to something, right? So everything, like everything within the biological function of a tree, it needs light to exist. And when you are being that light to somebody else, you are literally being life to them. Wow. You know what I mean? That's huge. Chris, what are you thinking about? I mean, I, I guess I'm just thinking about, you know, at what point, at what point does, does the, uh, the light bulb go off? Like when do, when do we have the light bulb moment for like, Oh snap, I need to stop destroying. Like when, when does that point come? And then even when the light bulb moment does come, like that doesn't necessarily mean, like I know we've talked about before, like sin in our lives and wanting to put it to death and just wanting to be done. You know, for me, I often have a short fuse and get really angry and, and you know, we'll lash out at my kids for spilling their drink or just something trivial that doesn't mean anything. And then I have that happen and I'm like, dang, I want to stop sowing death into the environment at what point does that, you know, I guess I'm just, that's the thing that I'm processing when I'm going through. It's and like, that's, when does, when does this life give birth in, in this life is permanent? Or maybe it's a long death process, a burning of the fields. You know, I'm not, I'm right. not sure. But it's like, that's, that, that also breeds right into connectivity with each other. Right. We are so integrally connected to each other. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that like, once we, you know, like Watchman Nee said, like you've had this like point where you reconciled yourself dead unto sin but alive to unto Christ you know and that connectivity with people you know I and I think that this is the the crisis of our age more so than coronavirus or more so than anything else is the fact that we you know it, 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 I look at this and it's like social disconnectivity you know what I mean like it's like okay disconnect socially and I think you know that's been that's been the ailment of our entire society for a long time is social disconnectivity. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't want to get, you don't want to get together with people that are like more than 50 together or not. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? The the ailment of our society, the ailment of our church, the ailment of of ourselves is that we can't be light to uh, light to each other, you know, unless you fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. You know, and I think that the more that we're disconnected from each other, which is the point, which is one of the points, man, it's like, you know, when we were in the garden, you know, we were, we were connected with everything. And I think that one of the big curses of that was disconnectivity. Like he disconnected from his wife, you know, and he disconnected from God, he disconnected from everything. And I think that the more that more that we move towards connectivity with each other, right? So, so, so you look at the gifts of the spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit. How am I, how am I able, like, if I'm not able to get together with you so that you can consume those gifts or those, those fruits in my life, then, then how the hell am I supposed to, you know, pour into your life? You know what I mean? And if you have a specific gifting that the body needs, like I need, I need prophecy. I need, you know, these, right. I yeah. need Chris. I need Jason. I need those people in my life. And you know what I mean? And, and more often than not, the fact is, is that I can't get together with these people. And I'm not saying that, I, you know, I'm no, not no, saying I that personally. Saying. I'm, saying, right. I'm saying, I'm saying if we're supposed to be pouring into each other's lives and I can't even get a hold of you, uh, then maybe, you know, we, we might want to reconsider, you know, some things, you know, because I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that like when we get together, like, you know, with the body and like, you know, we, 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 we often want to wonder why things are so hard in our, in our, in our personal life. But, you know, like we are a sheep away from the fold, 
you know, six days out of the week. And then we come together on one day a week and like act like that's enough. And it's not. Yeah. Or wonder why we're struggling through the week. Exactly. And then like, you know, you, you, you hit up these people, like you hit up whoever and I, and I get people are busy, whatever, but, but like that connectivity, I think that we've lost that. And I think that because we've lost that, we've lost ourselves and we've lost the mission of the church, honestly, because where you go, I'll go with you. You know what I mean? Like that connectivity with other people. Like I'm going where I'm going everywhere he sends me and everywhere I set my foot, he's going to be, you know what I mean? And like we lost that connectivity and, and the more and more we lose that connectivity, I think the more and more we lose Christ. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting about that is that, you know, we can stay connected, um, and not be known. And I think it's in knowing and being known that that's where life happens. Right. You know, you can be a part of a life group or a small group or whatever, go in and drop a bunch of BS every week. That's not real. And that isn't sharing any parts of your life. That's just peeling back the curtain just enough to, to share aspects of you to where there's no growth. Right. There's just, it's stagnant, it's stagnant water, right. but it's only until you allow yourself to be known and to know others that that's when life like it, it, it comes out of those other people, you know, it comes sure. out of those other yeah. people onto you. And then you're able to give that life as well. Yeah. When other people allow themselves to be known, you know, I feel like I just made a connection to one of our other podcasts that we just did the one on from chaos to simplicity. And we're really talking about some of the things that we can cut out of our lives so that we can make room for more, essentially for sure. like less being more kind of situation. But <clears throat> I just thought of it in this context. Like you asked the question, you know, when you get to the point or how do you know? And I just had the thought, like, you got to know which part of the field to burn mm-hmm. or you got to mm-hmm. identify the places where you need to burn right. it all down. Right. And so I've actually been thinking about this with my life recently. And even just today, um, yesterday or the day before I reached out to a couple guys, actually, uh, Derek Shore was one of them, but yeah. I just, it, for different aspects of my life, spirituality, um, accountability, that kind of stuff from reaching out to guys. And I want to start setting up some calls so that I can talk about some things with them because I, you know, I recognize some areas of my life. They just need to burn, bro. They just need to burn to the ground. Right. And so it's when you burn those parts of your life, you know, you willingly destroy parts of your life that are sucking life from other places of your life. You burn it all down. And when you do, it creates the environment for more life to thrive. I mean, what happens, Casey, when there's like a tree that's got like a dead part of the body on it that's just causing death and chaos in it? Well, like- they, they call me and, you know, I, I now listen. So I come from preservation of rural culture. I don't I don't necessarily I, I don't like doing like, you know, removals and all this stuff. But right. like it, you call in an arborist, right? Like, what does it say, man? Like, God's the husband, man. Like, he's the he is. You know, he, he prunes, he, he does right. those things. And so when I look at my life and I'm like, I'm like, man, like, you know, you look at, you know, the beginning of Genesis all the way to the revelations, like everything is tree. God's an arborist, bro. For sure. You yeah. know? And, um, so when people call me in, like when a tree is dying, like I'll make the necessary cuts to try to see if we can, if we can get some life out of it. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so, um, but does a tree, does it, does it. I mean, is it weakened by this huge dead thing? Is it like, you know, that's on it or is it just like, ah, oh, this is the only part, I mean, like the rest of the body? Not necessarily not because, too... it, because the tree is already cutting that part of, of cutting that part of the body off from it. Right. Right. So like when you look at the codet model, um, how a tree like compartmentalizes everything, you know, that kind of stuff, like reaction, what all these things, all those things come into play. But like, man, that tree is literally cutting that branch off. 
you know and so and and um you know a a skilled arborist man will try to get the most life out of everything you can possibly get right you know when you said that that like a tree can compartmentalize and it can kind of cut this thing off what is that you know in in isolation in in our lives we can do that you know isolation we we can we can sweep stuff under the rug choose to not address it choose to not and it's just this thing so i have that's weighty that's that's big that's that's living in the that's living in darkness you know what i mean that that is literally that that is literally living in darkness you know what i mean like this is one of those things man like those lessons that i can take from my life man like i i was like i said i was so i was so upset obsessed with with my own like like all, all the things that have happened to me that I wasn't living in the light and eventually what happened mm-hmm. so exactly what we're talking about so the dead branch so the branch like it just starts it declines right it's 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 a gradual decline to it gets back to where the tree just chokes it off and then what does it say a dead branch is good for nothing but what right Won't be fire for, yeah, now burning, I want to go yeah. to this I want to go to this and this is another download man of the, the things that he's been saying to me you know what I mean we're when we're talking about you know consuming those things in our life like we're just talking about like okay well whatever fuel we need to burn now listen to this God was talking to me about firewood I was in Georgia I think this was four or five months ago and I had it like this vision you know I, I was burning firewood and um you know, God asked me, like, what kind of wood burns? And I said, dead wood. And then he, like, immediately took me to, like, I think, what was that scripture where it's like, you know, he's like, okay, let me try to download this. Okay, so so so, so it talks about, like, dying to yourself, mm-hmm. right? So, right. Like, and the spirit is a consuming fire, right? Right. So that fire that is within <clears throat> us, right, he's talking about, like, we have the propensity, like, right create and destroy with that fire within us. Like we can either let it get out of control or we can tame it. We can control it, you know? And like, what does it say? Like in James, he's like, man, like the smallest tongue dude is like capable of burning down like everything, dude. For sure, yeah. you know? And like, if that's not tamed. And so he, I, because I was, I was driving to Tulsa and like I was worshiping and, you know, I just had the worship music on and he was just downloading some stuff into me. I was like, man, like, why can't I just like have this all the time? He's like, you need to, he's like, you need to feed it. You need to contain that fire within you. And I was like, how? And he's like, dead wood, you know, and he's talking about those dead things inside of us. So like what, what right, I want, right. what I want to bring to this fire inside of me. So this is walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit, right? So the spirit is that fire that is burning within me. I want to keep that contained. I want to keep it. I want to keep it burning. And so how do I, how do I keep that, the, the fire of the spirit burning within me by bringing that, all that dead stuff, right. dude, like the death of your own life, like die to yourself daily. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff that I die to daily, like whatever it you may be. You bring yourself dead exactly. and you die you, or you exa- burn more. You, you bring, you bring your dead, you bring your dead to the spirit of the fire or the, the fire, fire of the, the spirit. spirit and that will consume that dead stuff. So the more that you <clears throat> continue, it says, it says walk in the ways of the spirit, you will not gratify the ways of the flesh right Right. so you want to keep that spirit burning within you and i'm telling you you have to burn that that like all that dead stuff and so there's so i i learned this too like so there's a bunch of like twigs there's a bunch of small stuff but then there's those logs right like Mm. what what verse brings up logs to you yeah log the the log on your own eye and i got logs for days (laughs) right so when you so when you get a forest man so 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 when you look at when you look at another person you're like oh this guy's doing this and doing that like man like look at the logs what are the logs in my life the right. big stuff the right. real big stuff that i can 
bring to the spirit to burn with inside me so that I can, so that I can keep that spirit burning burn because the more that the spirit burns inside of me, like there's the more death every single day. And so, and so I know that I know one thing, you know, con- collecting dead wood. Like when I was trying to keep that fire burning, that's work, that's work. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it wasn't, it wasn't work for the sake of, I'm not working just for the sake of work. I'm working for a purpose. I'm working for right. the spirit to be burning. Like, so the work to me is not, okay, well, I'm going to do this work. Therefore it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this work because it is work to contain that fire within me, you know, and those logs and those things that I collect and I, and I, and I hike it up through the woods and I bring it back to the fire. That's work. I'm only working for one thing. I'm working for that spirit to keep burning inside of me, man. I'm not working. The spirit's already burning. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not working for, I'm only working to bring my dead shit to him. You know what right. I mean? Like I'm only working to bring all of that nasty, disgusting stuff so that it can be consumed, man, mm-hmm. right. by the fire of the spirit inside That's of me. That's good. I, I like that. I love that idea, bro. Of just like which part of the field needs to burn, like burn it all down. But yeah, and it's crazy, you know, cause Larry, like that's my father-in-law. Like there were these parts of the field that were not sticker infected and they, they marked them off and they're like, Hey, we, this is how we're gonna stop the fire here. And yep. well, we don't want it to go over here. This is good stuff, yeah. but there's this big chunk over here. Oh, and then there's this little chunk over there. Right. And so there really? was like marking lines and doing all this stuff. And, and, but yeah, the, the whole field didn't need to be burned, but there were large chunks and large sections that did. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal. And I think we can all identify those areas of our lives where we really just need to come under fire. I was going to say, man, like my freaking social media usage, I just need to burn that crap down, bro. Yeah. I just need to burn it up. Like be done. Let it, let it die. Right. Right. Cause that death produces life, man. Right. And I'm ready for it. You know, I think about that. We're, I, I cry out to God all the time. Like why this, why that? And I get all pissed off. You know, and I'm yelling at him and I'm pissed because I'm not changing and my heart gets all angry and prideful and stuff. And, and, you know, but I haven't brought anything to get burned up and I know there's things I need to, you know what I'm saying? Death is a, is a really poor substitute for life. Yet sometimes I think we just keep sowing death because it's easy. It's an easy thing to do. You know, it's an easy thing to act like an animal. It's an easy thing to, to let those instincts, those sexual desires, those ang- that anger, that lack of patience, that whatever. Lack of it, love, it, yeah, all of it. Lack know. of love, you know, all of that selfishness. It's easy to slip into those things and just let them boom. I mean, it's just, it takes no work to do it, honestly. Think right. about think about arguments, like how quickly reaping and sowing happens there, right? Like if I, if I make a snarky comment or I get pissed off and I fly off the handle, guess what? Almost immediately... The person I'm in an argument with is probably going to fly off the handle unless they're led by the spirit and then they don't take it. Right. Right. Death, death breeds death. Right. They they died a self instead of, um, bringing about death through self. Yeah. Ooh. Right. Yeah. But still though, and you know, I, I had been wrestling with, you know, choice and consequence and God's providence, you know what I mean? And so like I said, you know, like these things like that we create death in our lives, and we burn down our force, so to speak, man, like there's, you know, even, even in our capacity to destroy, like God is so far outside of that, that like even his natural, his natural design is that life will always thrive, dude. Like life will always thrive no matter. No, and, and, and it's actually like when you look at when all these people get like all like burnt up about, you know, burnt up. <laughs> when all these people get like, <laughs> like super upset about like, you're destroying the fort. That's a natural design. Honestly, like 
like that's a natural design lightning forest fires things like that they burn down like before we were ever here bro like that was the design man and so you look at what does it say like in proverbs man like look to the earth it will teach you all things you know and so when you look at these yeah, sure. when, you, when you look at all the design you look at everything man like dude and so yes our consequences of our choices but man you are never you are never going to outgive god you are never going to like outdo god like you're never right. going to get to a point in your life where you're like man i i literally burnt everything down there's no way there's no way because the impossibility is where he exists man like yeah. he has to because like like you cannot present an impossibility to him to where life is not going to thrive you know you what's know? interesting is that people are afraid of loss they are you know what I mean? Like we think if we lose something or if something burns up that then it's just destroyed and that there's no potential for anything else to come. Right. But literally it's, it's that, that whole situation of like, if I let go of what I have, I have right. an open hand so that I can receive what's next. Right. Right. And a lot of times we're afraid, like, and I don't want to let that job go. I don't want to let that relationship and go. That's, or and I that's don't such let... a simple concept. Right. You know what I mean? That people like, like write it off as like Christianese or whatever, but oh man, like you, you got to let go so that your hand can be open to receive. But, and you're right. I think that we are so afraid to lose ourselves, man, that we will never truly find ourselves like our true self because the way of the, like the way of new life was, was blueprinted by Christ. You know what I mean? Like it is literally death to life. And we think that because Christ did it for us that we don't have to go through it. And that's not true. You know, that, that process of death to life is, is so prevalent and it is so necessary. Like, and I'll say this, man, like, because I, you know, even though going through what I have gone through or whatever, regardless of whether it's my own fault or not, like I am hopeful you know what I mean? Like, because he has to ex exist outside of that. And man, like, you know, like we are so afraid to lose. We're, we're so afraid to loss. We want to hoard everything. Like, look at our culture. Right. Like, I mean, good God. Like, you Toilet know, paper. you can't, you can't even go to, I, I can't even go to like the tiniest little store inside of Mulvane, Kansas and try to get some toilet paper because it's all gone. We want to hoard things. We want to, right. we want to, we want to take it in. We want to be like, oh man, I can't, so the I, lesson can't of tonight I can't lose this. Go home and burn all your toilet paper. Mm. I mean, after you wipe with it, though, of course. You know what, man? Burn your feces before the Lord. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> but feces was actually the proponent to new life, man. Like you think about the birds of the air that come and <laughs> pick off the fruit, and then they go sit on the wires, and they crap it out, and like all of a sudden, you have the propensity for something that's, you know, man, life to come from we that. We, we don't want to. Yeah, man, we don't want to go through. Oh, we that. don't want to let things die. We don't want it to be uncomfortable. I mean, that's the biggest thing. We just want discomfort. I mean, the the flesh wants the easiest route. You know, whether that's to to get the the food, the easiest route to get the food, or the easiest route to get the satisfaction or the pleasure or whatever it is. I mean, that's that's it. Um, and and so it takes work to not do that, right. and it's it's uncomfortable. Well, it takes it takes courage. Honestly, I think. I think it takes a lot of courage for somebody to literally stare something down in the face and say, okay, like, like burn it all down. You know what I mean? Like, right. and that's a prayer and that's a, and that's a, and that's a prayer. Like, I don't think that people should pray lightly because, you know, I, I prayed that not only, I, I know you were there when I prayed that yeah. years ago. Right. And then I was there when I prayed it with my wife and you know what I mean? Like when you, when you say something like that, you know, it, 
like burn it all down. You know. Do you think we're kind of missing some of the topic right here? I don't think so, man. No, hold on. I was going to finish making a statement. Oh, sorry. With not even talking about like the whole burnt offering thing and like sacrifices the altar and like burning it all up. Mm, Interesting stuff. That's true. Jeff said. Jeff said the problem about being a being a live offering is that we always crawl off the altar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the problem with being a being a live living offering sacrifices is, that, living sac- is that we always end up crawling off the altar. Yeah, and it's true though, man. Like we're talking about destruction, but like, you know, like that destruction, man. Like will breed life right. three, four, five, six times fold. You know what I it's mean? It's true. I think we could all really benefit from taking a look at our lives. And we talked about this last time. Like, what can you do? What can you get rid of? That kind of thing. But that was more of like a physical, like, you know, throw that out very, some, that was a throw, very practical, throw out some old clothes, like get rid of the crap in your closet kind of situation. But like, we're really talking about skeletons in your closet, you know, burning up. Yeah. Now we're like, no, go to that thing. That's like deep in your closet. That thing that's like, right. You, but it's you more know, you don't spiritual want no one, Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a good word, man. Casey, thank you for, kind of lead us in that direction, like really taking a look at self and saying, okay, what's the thing we need to just burn up and then allow that destruction to take place because destruction doesn't always mean that it's going to be completely gone, but that it can create an environment for new things to thrive. I think that's a big, big lesson. Yep. <laughs> that's sorry, all Chris said. S- sorry, I hijacked the, the whole podcast. No, man. man. Are you? Well, I don't forgive you. But you can go home. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a little while since you've been on. I just think you had a lot of stuff you've been learning and thinking about over time. I mean, it was all yeah. good. It's on, all good stuff. It's all on, life-giving. On the way, it, it, it is all life-giving. And I was going to say, I think we missed an obvious correlation that our podcast, for the most part, in, in, in times past on certain episodes. When Chris joined the podcast. Right. We, we, <laughs> took, we took a turn to where we were less life-giving. <laughs> Um, and we were a little more destructive in, in our words. Um, I think our intentions were good and we don't even have to freaking go there, but no, basically for, there. basically for season four, we said, Hey, we want to be loving and life giving, right? right. Yes. We want to we create, we want to get, we want to encourage, we want to lift people up. We want to build people up. Right. We want to stop tearing down in a bad way. I think we can tear down again in a good way. Right. We can burn some stuff up, let it go. And then again, create that environment. For you know, there, there's people that destroy things with no intention of it being restored. Right. Like there you look, you, go. you look good. at people who like, you know, like a, a, a upset spouse who punches a hole in the wall. Like they're not they're They don't want that restored. Like there's, that's not coming into their mind. Like about that. Or you look at people who are, it's like, I'm going to take this person down by doing X, Y, and Z. And then there are people like my father-in-law and other people who burn a field and destroy so that, something life can come through afterwards. And so you got to look at your intentions. Are you destroying to leave something in ruins or in shambles? Are you destroying your spouse or your kids or your neighbor or your coworkers with your words because you want them to be in shambles destroyed on the floor? Like, or are you, you know, destroying something uh, most likely yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that life can come from that. Yeah. And I think, like I said, like, you know, I know the premise for this entire season, which was to bring life. And it's like, okay, man, like if you want to bring forth life and you're really serious about it, I think that maybe you should have a really serious prayer, you know, with, with the master and say, you know, whatever it takes, 
you know, and, and let him burn those things out because he will, you know, his, his, his fire is a consuming fire, right? you know, and, and, um, but he's faithful with everything that you entrust to him. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, one lesson we can take from the fire is purifying, you know, it's purifying, you know? And so any, in any time that your life is under fire, man, you you can expect that only the things of God are going to, are going to last. Right. What does he say? Like, you know, (laughs) I think that's in revelations. It's like whatever he consumes, like, Hey, stubble, all that stuff. It's going to be consumed. Talking about that. Yeah. But there's only going to be one thing that's going to stand, man. And like everything that's of him. Right. You know? And so I think that maybe, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a serious prayer, you know, it's a good place to end for sure. Um, I do real quick before we go, I do want to pass some salt. We got some live salt. We got some live salt, some live salt on Facebook today. So John Sizemore says late to join. Good to see Casey. And of course you fellas. So John Sizemore, he gets the four cheek salute. Why don't you let him have it, Casey? (laughs) Do you know what the four cheek salute is? I don't. It's all four of them cheeks, buddy. (laughs) Rosie red, John, four cheek salute. Oh, young this John. Is the four cheek, this is the four cheek. It has evolved. I, I wonder if he's related to Tom Sizemore, the yeah. actor. Maybe I don't not. Know. Maybe uh, not. Yeah, but, he is. But yeah, we appreciate John. Thank he's, you. Uh, he's in our group for the live so salt. Check out us. Check us out. Check out us. Check out us on check, Facebook. Check check out. We us. have a Salty Dogs Christian Podcast group. You can go join that. We have a website, saltydogspodcast.com. We have a blog, and we have multiple contributors and links to other podcasts and those kinds of things. And Chris, you look like you want to say something. Nope. You look like you're about to say, stay fresh. No, I was going to say, wash your hands, cheese bags. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, cheese bags. Don't be nice and give some, someone some TP. Don't Don't be nice. No, I I meant be nice and don't be nice and give someone some TP. Don't hog the toilet paper. Don't be a jerk face. We all need it. Take it easy, crusty butts. Or buy a bidet. You guys are strange. Have a good bidet. Have a good bidet. bidet. Four cheek salute to you all. Four cheek. Yep. That's how we do it, man. We we just end on a really bad note where people are like, I can't even believe it. And Casey, by the way, this will be the first episode we ever have to post it as explicit because I'm not going to cut out your shits. I like it. It's totally fine. There was like, I think you needed more. I think you really should have branched out into some other words since we're talking about the branches. Just really, just we're still live, by the that's way. That's fine, I know. And we have two live viewers, oh, and your dad was saying, Wow, <laughs> that's good stuff. Sorry, right, about we're that. Stop excuse now. me. Later, it's all good. Happy day, salty dogs. Out, out. out.